Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Let's get it started. In FM. Welcome to your Monday edition of Justice and Drew. I am Drew. That man over there drinking coffee and wearing purple is John Justice. In there, pushing all of our buttons this morning. It's a lovely, talented, and radiant Zach. Hey, Zach. Morning. Hey, Zach. No Thrones spoilers. No Thrones spoilers. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, Once I watch it, shush! Oh. You, you shut your mouth over there. It's not a spoiler. No, I don't care. I don't want to hear that it's good or bad. It was terrible. <laughs> Worst episode ever. It was just, just say it was, it was enjoyable. Like all Thrones episodes are. <laughs> I'm like, so not the person to ever talk about. So I'm like spoiler king. Yeah. You, you know, but you, you revel in spoilers, but this close, you know, this is just, you know, mere hours away from seeing it. I would rather not be spoiled. I've had to turn my, turn my eyes away from, from social, <laughs> social media for, for fear that I'm going to, yeah, because even like little blurbs give give things away. Yeah, there was yeah. something on the Fox News website this morning where it was like I saw, I saw like shock, and then I didn't I didn't want to know if there was an ing attached. And I look away. <laughs> you want to get blind? Blind me with your spoiler? No, can't do it. Uh, on the uh, show today, Andrew Langer, president of the Institute for Liberty, and host of the Langer Cast, just after uh, seven o'clock this morning. Hey, did you hear they uh, they may. Uh, they may uh, let uh, illegal aliens vote in Maryland. That's a fantastic idea. No. That's, that's great. Why not? <laughs> Why not? All, all the reasons? <laughs> Just whatever. Plus, they had a nobody kill nobody weekend. In Baltimore? Yeah. Yeah, they had a uh, they had a please don't kill anybody weekend. And it didn't go well. Uh, people got killed. Yeah. That's, that's, you're kind of setting yeah, yourself up for try, failure. You know? Was it? I guess. Oh, I, I think the fact that people are dead proves that it was not worth a try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, 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 a lot, a lot of killing going on in Baltimore. So, in, in, a, in a bold new tactic, they decided to just ask nicely. Yeah. Hey guys, why don't you not kill anybody this weekend? Well, maybe we should try that on the north side of Minneapolis. There was quite a bit of violence over the weekend as well, locally. Right. Sure. <laughs> You mean even though they ban menthols? Yeah, I know. There's, they, yeah, hmm. We're going to get it. I'm we're going to get into that. Uh, plus, we'll be uh, talking about the uh, the mosque event 
bombing. I don't yeah. know. I mean, I don't know what you want to call what, what we want to call the fire bombing at yeah. the at the mosque and the details um, about uh, about that event that took place over the weekend. That's uh, getting a ton of coverage in local media. Uh, just after seven thirty, uh, John Legato, former FBI special agent, will talk about Mueller and uh, the grand jury on Russia. We'll break uh, we'll break all that down. Um, yeah, this uh, this Mueller investigation is going exactly how we predicted it would. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to keep keep looking. Yeah, just keep looking. Haven't found anything yet, but you, know, you never know. The more we look, the more we might find. Well, my understanding is that the grand jury might actually be a good thing along those lines. And we'll talk to this former uh, special agent again just after 730 because the grand jury might be the thing to keep this in check. We talked about this from the very, very beginning. That once you start down the dark path, may it dominate your destiny, <laughs> consume you, it will. And if they don't find what they want, they just keep looking. You know, well, we've been through the living room. We haven't found any, no change in the in the couch cushions. Let's go to the kitchen. Well, we, we were t- just hired to look at the living room. Yeah, yeah but we it, didn't find anything there. Yeah, I know. So, we're so gonna- <laughs> we're going to look in the kitchen. Yeah. But I just, you were just supposed the to living room. stick to the living room. That's where the event yeah, took place. Yeah, but what place. if there's something in the kitchen? <laughs> But that's we're gonna look in there. But it was just they were people were only in the living room. But maybe they left to go to the bathroom. They didn't go to the bathroom. We're gonna look though. in the bathroom. No, because they that they didn't. But hold on, there might be something in the medicine cabinet. <laughs> I have something though, uh, Drew. That uh, that uh, just I opened up Twitter. That I I find more alarming than all of this. Yeah, br- breaking news. Yeah, carnivorous sea life sea lice are keeping Australians out of the water. Carnivorous sea lice? Yes. Yeah. So a 16-year-old. So the sharks weren't enough. No. Because Australia is littered with sharks. So a 16-year-old is recovering after he emerged from a dip in the ocean at Melbourne's Brighton Beach with his legs covered in blood. His father believes that meat-eating sea lice were responsible for the bizarre injury, and many Australians are already deciding to stay out of the water. Yeah, I would too. That sounds... Awful. Uh, Carnivorous sea. Carn- uh, yeah. Lice are already bad. I'm already bad. Yeah. Then you put them in the you have water. To be, like, quarantined for a month or something when you get them. I don't know. Maybe we should look at, you know, de- you know, a defense against that and North Korea. Advantage number 27 of being bald. <laughs> That's true. You probably never, never had lice, have you? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, it's a joy. something I have to worry about. I don't know, man. It's a joy that everybody should have to experience at least one time. Talk about creepy. I thought that you were going to talk about the uh, mm. the terrible, tragic news of uh, Chris Pratt and Anna Faris. Oh, sorry. Yeah, well, there's that, too. Yeah, yeah. So he's available. Chris Pratt's on the market. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, you excited by that? Hello? I'm yeah. loving this. <laughs> this is the best news. This just made my morning, and uh, I needed that today. I really did. I don't think he knows what we're talking I about. I really Chris thought. Chris Pratt, yeah. <laughs> I, that was a couple that I that I I'm a little bit surprised by. I kind of thought they seemed like a match made in Hollywood in Hollywood heaven. They seem to truly enjoy each other's company. Yeah, yeah, and they both seem to sort of be on equal. Fo- that's, that was very surprised. That was very surprising to me. Well, you know, hope neither of them uh, decides to when the divorce is over vacation in Australia. It seems like a very, <laughs> very stay, stay away from the carnivorous lice. Very bad idea. Six five one nine eight nine five eight five five. We will talk a little North Korea coming up. Uh, the U.S. ambassador to the United States, Nikki Haley. 
uh, praised the new sanctions against North Korea as a sign the international community is seriously addressing the threat of the uh, of North Korea's nuclear uh, weapons program. Plus, uh, we've been scouring the internet trying to find the top five things that we think may have floated Sam's yeah, would, vote this morning. Would likely be floating Sam's vote. Sam will be back tomorrow, but we'll bring you her uh, potential top five coming up right next, right here on Twin Cities News Talk AM 1130. NASCAR is nothing to be joked about. No, it's not. <laughs> you just, there's certain lines you just don't cross. Star Wars is another one for me, too, and... There are certain individuals that I still maintain friendships with despite that. There's a nice little Twitter exchange uh, you can uh, you can check out at uh, at John J O N uh, at John Justice. I I got swept up into it. It wasn't it wasn't my doing, mm-hmm. but I got swept up into it along with one uh, friend of the show, Essie Cup. So you can see that. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I I enjoyed. Uh, a, a- thousand people uh, tweeting and 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 sending social media messages to me about the dolphin signing jay cutler so you know <laughs> i hate the internet well, sometimes we all have our things. i hate the internet and people <laughs> welcome back to well wait welcome i hate the internet and people here on justice and drew twin cities news talk am 1130 1035 fm yeah i you think that we would be better not i don't mean we i just mean in general with the, just the whole social networking facebook twitter and the like fascinates me because of the ability that people have to put out their in you know their instant instinctive reaction towards things and how we respond to that kind of stuff you know and you think we would be doing a better job of like reacting to those and we really don't no no even the president really doesn't (laughs) he's taken to like retweeting people now and responding to people have you noticed this like, as of late, he's been, like, responding to individuals and retweeting other people's tweets. He's, like, taking it a step. F- I'm st- I'm fine with it, but he's taking it to a whole other, kind of a whole other level. Yeah. yeah it's in- well, he's on vacation, so I guess he can. He, spends, he has more time yeah. to spend with his phone. Uh, a moment ago, before we get into uh, what we think uh, might have been floating Sam's boat today, uh, we actually, I had this for for the show, uh, Trump administration not playing around on North Korea. Drew, you posed a rather interesting question, and that was... Yeah, I mean, North Korea has vowed to attack America. Yeah, yeah, I just saw the headline after you, like, right. brought it up, and I was like, oh, okay. And then I saw the headline, and I went, oh, you're actually referring to something specific. Yeah, Kim Jong-un is demanding justice for Donald Trump trying to isolate and stifle his country. This is out of uh, the sun. Uh, from the UK, it's uh, in reference to the uh, to the sanctions that were unanimously passed by the UN Security Council. Uh, North Korea has vowed to attack America, and I just was reading the story during the break, and I thought, you know, what if that actually happens? What if they actually launch a like full scale military attack on the United States? That would be a, a bizarre turn of events that I don't think a lot of people have really wrapped their head around what that would look like. Well, I think you're actually taking it another step further than what you just mentioned. Let's swim in those carnivorous meat-eating, lice-infested waters for just a moment. Wait, if he... If Kim Jong-un specifically said, I vow to attack America, doesn't that in and of itself somewhat warrant a response i mean we 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 kind of gloss over because he's a crazy person and he's been saber rattling now for years and these missile tests and there's a level of we don't really take him that seriously but we take him seriously 
does a vow to to say to have him North Korea say we are going to attack you? Doesn't That's that on its what they've said? Doesn't that on its face warrants? There is precedent for us responding to things like that, preemptive strikes and such. Yeah. Right? Yes. Six five one nine eight nine five eight five five. So yeah, the question of whether if they were look if they attacked us, it's it's game on. I mean, I don't think there's right. there's there's no doubt there would be. I don't think I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that we would respond in a military way, full scale war, full scale war, full scale war. What that entails, who else gets involved, remains to be seen. But that being said, and it's funny too because I was wondering with Trump being on vacation and Congress on recess. Whether or not whether or not North Korea would take advantage of that by launching another missile or perhaps saying what they've said. Right. The uh, resolution that was unanimously passed by the U.N. Security Council, uh, the sanctions uh, include uh, banning exports of coal, iron, iron ore, lead, lead ore and seafood. And, and seafood and seafood. Which is interesting because that was the, the whole, that was the, the China on Pearl Harbor. I don't even got it. Look, the other part of this, and then and we'll, we can get to Sam's top five. But the other part of this too, um, you know, apart from the concern of fallout globally and literally where we to attack them, um, depending on the means of attack, I, I'm concerned too on another level. And that is what would the reaction be by... The never Trumpers, the mainstream media, if we took action, because I don't believe we are we we're not we're not at an we're not in a time right now where people are being rational. There are plenty of things to criticize Trump over, but we're not being rational in our criticism of Trump. Right. And we're not in a time where the the sort of anti-Trump crowd would be able to differentiate between their opposition to Trump, the domestic politician. Right. And opposition to you know, something where, you know, okay, U.S. lives are, are being put at risk here. Uh, we have to we have to unify and fight off this country that is vowed to attack and kill us. They're in, I don't think I don't think they will. They will hashtag resist that as well. Oh, yeah. 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 No, they're incapable right now. Yeah, I'm driving around over the weekend. I saw several. I mean, not just like one or two. I saw several bumper stickers in the back of cars. They were all different versions of resisting Donald Trump. And I just I couldn't help in my mind think, can you imagine if we had those like I had a resist President Obama sticker slapped on the back of my of my car and the names that would have been called. And I, you know, I hate keep going to that well of of the of the hypocrisy, but it's just yeah, but we were told for years that the only reason to oppose anything Obama wanted to do was because racism. Right. I mean, we were told that for years. Yeah. Oh, uh, the only the only reason you don't you don't support the Affordable Care Act is because. Racism. Racism. Yeah. Six five one nine eight nine five eight to five five. Use that hashtag TCNT on Twitter. We do imagine that Sam has been scouring the internet, finding the top five stories that are floating her boat. And in our imaginary world, these are the top five stories she has chosen. Number one. The FBI says an improvised explosive device is what caused the blast at the Bloomington Islamic Center from the Star Tribune. A blast caused by what the FBI called an improvised explosive device rocked a Bloomington Islamic Center before dawn on Saturday, just as a small group of Muslim worshipers had gathered for the day's first round of prayers. No one, fortunately, was hurt in the explosion, uh, but it did heavily damage an office at the Dar el Farouk Center, sent smoke wafting through the large building. The blast was reported at 5 
5.05 a.m. as about a dozen people gathered in a room nearby for morning prayers, jolted awake many residents of the neighborhood. When police arrived, they found smoke and fire damage to the building, according to the Bloomington Police Chief Jeff Potts. Agents from the FBI and the Federal Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives soon joined the investigation. At an early evening news conference, special agent in charge Richard Thornton said an improvised explosive device is what caused the blast, but that investigators still must determine who and why. Is it still uh, an act of terrorism if, just for the sake of argument, it was staged? Do you still classify it? I mean, I'm not saying you. I'm no. just saying in general, is no. it still classified as an act of no. terrorism? No. I mean, I think the response is appropriate, obviously, but at this point in time, we don't know motive. And yeah, we don't know anything. We don't know. We don't know anything. And so to have Dayton come out call and it an act call it an act of terror, I kind of go, well, you don't unless unless it turns out that it was a staged act to make it look like terrorism and you're going to call that terrorism. You really don't know yet. No, no, nobody really knows much of because we don't know who did it. Right. And until you know who did it, you can't really. You, you know, you can speculate, but you don't know motivation. You don't know any. Yeah, we know absolutely nothing at this point other than it happened. I mean, it's a big deal, but we're also being fed this story as if, you know, we're being told, hey, everybody, this is a big deal. But we really don't know what the deal is yet. And and we'll talk about this later in the show when we cover some other news. But, uh, you know, we've had other events that have taken place that have been horrific. The, the shootings over the weekend being one, but you had the woman who died in the parking lot, and that's out, that's getting some attention now. Garage, in the parking yeah. in the parking garage, you know, I don't see Dayton going out and visiting the families of those individuals. I don't see him going out and speaking to these things. And that's not to say that it's not warranted for him in this event, but at the same time, I think it's a bit premature. Uh, in a related event, possibly related, St. Paul police and fire crews cordoned off the Cathedral of St. Paul over the weekend. There was a bomb scare there on Saturday afternoon. Hard not to speculate that it might have been in reaction to or in response to this. Could be completely unrelated. Again, we, we there's still... Very little we know about these, but police spokesman Steve Linder said a trespasser evidently lit paper materials on fire inside the cathedral. One of his possessions concerned authority, so out of an abundance of caution, a bomb squad went through the cathedral to make sure it was safe. But as we've learned uh, with the uh, with the ban of uh, menthol-related uh, products, you know, all this stuff should get taken care of, right? Because people won't be as, you know, angry or right. addicted yeah. to that's, cigarettes. That's going to fix it. So, mm-hmm. Number Federal investigators are interviewing a father and son moving a meter from Minnehaha Academy during blast. The father and son were moving the gas meter when the explosion hit. Federal safety investigators uh, said they've interviewed two contractors who were inside the academy when the natural gas explosion killed two people, injured nine others earlier this week, but said that their efforts to get a closer look at the building's gas system have been hampered by the structure's instability. Now, they haven't revealed... Uh, the names of the individuals who were the contractors. They probably shouldn't. Yeah. Further interviews are going to be conducted um, with Centerpoint officials. The probe will seek to determine what might have gone wrong in moving the meter, which he described as a very hazardous uh, operation. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm fine with them, you know, being very judicious in what, uh, what details and what information they release and what they don't. Yeah. Because... Clearly, this was an accident, a horrible 
terrible, tragic accident. And what I don't want to see is sort of that Internet mob mentality sort of take over and go after the people that might have been involved in this. Yeah, this is a good example of when the investigators just need to do their due diligence. And when everything is said and done, if there are other measures that can be put in place to keep something like this from happening, then that's what the investigators should find out. But I'm with you. You know, you go back to social networking and how reactionary people are. And did those names get out? Did those contractors get out? It's it's not going they're to like, be pretty. Like Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lives are over. Yeah. Their lives are over. And and again, this this was a terrible, terrible, tragic accident. And that's the key word. It was an accident. Number three. The BCA has gotten their hands on the training records of the officers involved in the killing of Justine Damon. Investigators in the case now have the training records of the both the officers, Aherity and Knorr, involved in the shooting death from uh, CBS. A Hennepin County judge approved the BCA's request to search the files of officers Muhammad Knorr and Matthew Herity earlier this week. But data practice laws prevent the MPD from giving the records voluntarily. And we don't know what's in these records at this point. We right. just know that the BCA does have their hands on them. All, they, all the BCA has said is that the records confirm that both officers completed state-mandated training in order to maintain an active peace officer license. And, of course, you have all the relevant questions remaining. Is there going to be any comparison of other training tactics? Uh, will there be any focus on if there was fast-tracking that was involved in this that we've talked about? You know, I fear that any push to look at the training is either going to be thwarted or simply ignored because it, you know, it could reflect badly on, oh, I don't know, people like Betsy Hodges. <laughs> But at least they have a Number four. A Moorhead officer and a Clay County Sheriff's deputy police dog both found their colleague instead of the driver being pursued. This story. By the <laughs> so a graveyard shift turned out to be a painful one uh, for one uh, northwestern Minnesota police officer. It started when Brad Browning, an officer in the small town of Dilworth, spotted a car with one headlight out about 1.45 a.m. When he pulled the car over, he discovered that the driver, uh, Stephen Hightala, uh, had a warrant out for his arrest. Soon, the Moorhead officer arrived on the scene as backup, and the two officers attempted to handcuff Hightala, who resisted. In the struggle, Moorhead, uh, the Moorhead officer pulled his taser and fired. Trouble was, he missed Hightala, and he hit Browning instead. Mm, hit the other officer. Right. Okay. So Hightala immediately fled. He ran into a neighborhood with Browning in pursuit. The but, guy that was hit by a taser. Right. Okay. Okay. So by the time Hytala hid between two garages in an alley, a Clay County Sheriff's deputy had arrived with the police dog. The dog was cut loose, and instead of biting Hytala, it bit Browning, the guy oh who had been hit with a taser. So the same guy who got <laughs> who got tased. Got tased. Then when the police dog was set loose, right. I'm going to bite that guy. Are we not certain that Browning wasn't the bad guy here all along? <laughs> 
<laughs> what did the dog know and when did it know it? Yeah. It's just even without the canine's help, the officers did finally arrest Hytala. He was charged with obstruction of legal process, fleeing a police officer, as well as possession of methamphetamines, Xanax, and marijuana. Well, he had all his bases covered with that. Just oh, poor Browning. The man, night. you know, it's I, these stories and police officers. It's so unfortunate that they <laughs> just can you imagine? You know, bad day, bad, just bad day, bad day. worse and worse. Like, dude, why are you tasing me? I do wonder if perhaps the dog bite wasn't nearly as bad because he just gotten tased, so maybe he was a little bit numb to all of it. The adrenaline was flowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I hope so. Poor guy. What a rough night. Number five. Vegan bullies set their sights on a California butcher shop and forced it to hang an animal rights sign. From Fox News, vegan extremists have bullied a mom-and-pop butcher shop in California's most liberal city into hanging an animal rights sign in the window that the shop owners say amounts to ethical extortion. Now, this is a bit of a naked update as you continue. Oh, oh. Yeah. There's there's nakedness. Oh, there is nakedness. <laughs> so this is in, in Berkeley. Yep. This place is called the Local Butcher Shop, and it's been targeted for months by nearly naked protesters dripping in fake blood. Are they wearing, like, just cut-off jean shorts? Just, I just, I, again. Are they, are, they, are they never nudes? <laughs> is that what this is? That's a good question. The protest had been organized by the vegan group Direct Action Everywhere. Die. For some reason, they're, they call them, they, they, it's direct action everywhere, but their, uh, their acronym is DXE. Well, maybe it's, maybe they the, can't spell. Maybe there's a typo and it's supposed to be like action as an AXE shouldn't, like action. <laughs> action. Action. Uh, they said they would continue if the shop's owners didn't cave into their demands. Monica Ricino is quoted in the story. She spoke to The Guardian. She said, to be threatened and forced to abide by their beliefs just makes me sad. Their tactics are very extremist. This is ethical extortion. Do we know whether or not they banned the selling of meat in Berkeley? No. Okay. Okay. No. So they're allowed to sell the meat in Berkeley. But these guys just simply don't like it. Matt Johnson is a direct action everywhere organizer, and he's quoted saying that he and his group, uh, they like to challenge places that market their businesses as humane to animals. He told the paper, people are paying a lot more attention or people are paying a lot more for these dead animals. They have some notion these animals are being treated well. The group contends there is no ethical way to kill animals for food and are campaigning to make Berkeley the first city free of violence toward animals, meaning banning the sale of meat within <sighs> Berkeley. That's what they're going for. So if you own a butcher shop and you readily admit, you know, like we're we're the we, we're the murder uh, murder animal butcher shop. They'll leave him alone, right? Because yeah. it seems like his beef, eh, his beef, <laughs> is that they're not honest about the hu you know being humane. Right. So maybe you just say, hey, we're murdering all kinds of animals. We murdered we, the yeah. cow, yeah, and we do it in whatever way we feel like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whatever whatever strikes our fancy at that time. Come buy our tasty murdered meat. The group initially demanded that the butcher shop owners turn their shop into a vegan butcher shop that did not sell meat. Do you that get to was butcher vegans. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> just the way it's not that I advocate for that. It's just the way that it's worded. Yeah, it's a vegan butcher. It's, that, that sounds like a horrible name for a serial killer. <laughs> the vegan butcher strikes again. So they would only exchange, end the protests if they uh, if they stopped selling meat altogether. The owners rejected that demand. 
the Washington Post reports that Mimi Stein of Certified Humane, an organization that certifies farms with the highest standards for painless slaughter, had denounced this uh, vegan group's actions. She said a DXE is attempting to undermine consumer confidence in products which are, in fact, ethically produced and businesses working in good faith to reinvigorate a very desirable traditional business model. You see, this is the vicious cycle, though, because, you know, it starts off on the on the other end. It starts off on the standards for painless slaughter. So, you know, they you have these organizations that push for different tactics to be used when it comes to the slaughtering of animals for meat, you know, to put different like, well, okay, we accept they have to kill animals because people like their meat, but we just want it done nicely. And then they get that in place and then they just wait long enough and then they come back and they say it doesn't matter. You're still killing the animal, regardless of how painless you say that it is. It's just this vicious cycle. And they, and just, I wish you could just leave people alone. You know, these yeah. people want to be vegans and they want to live their life harming as, as few living creatures as possible. Fine, man. Go, go for it. But don't impose, don't try to impose that on other people. Just stay out of people's lives. Stay out of people's business. How much of that is the is on the butcher shop for opening up a butcher shop in Berkeley? I mean, why would you open up anything in Berkeley? Know, it's right? been there for decades. Yeah, yeah, it may have been there for a long time. It's unfortunate, too, because Berkeley doesn't seem like the kind of place where you're going to have a, a rush of individuals coming to your aid. No. I imagine most people no, are going to no, no. be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to stay away from that whole nonsense. <laughs> they, got, they, got, they got some great pork there, but I don't want to get in the middle, you know, for fearing of being shamed in my neighborhood. <laughs> 651-989-5855 is the phone number. Sam will be back tomorrow with her uh, with her very own top five stories. Hey, good job, Drew. Thanks. Good job, John. It was good. It was, it was, good. It was, it was a good top five. All right, coming up, Minneapolis did approve restrictions on the menthol cigarette sales. That's right. Your, uh, your nanny state bullies got the job done. Ooh, ooh. Plus, uh, Target and Best Buy, uh, this is out of the Star Tribune, uh, were able to thwart this border tax. Uh, we will get this border adjustment lobbying effort uh, by these big box stores. The way it's framed in the Star Tribune has sort of a tinge of, ooh, the big box stores were able to thwart this effort. But we'll give you some details on this. And again, Andrew Langer, president of the Institute for Liberty, joins us just after 7 o'clock this morning on Twitter. AM 1130, 1035 FM, Justice and Drew. I wonder if there's a, uh, I'm, I'm always amazed at how quickly people respond to President Donald Trump's tweets. Like the moment it pops up, like, you, I don't care how fast you go, there's like instantly. I don't know that they track, like, you know how you can turn on notifications for when certain people tweet. Right. Right. I don't know that Twitter tracks who has those notifications turned on and who doesn't, but I got to imagine that Trump is far and away. Oh, yeah. Has the most people that are set to be notified whenever he tweets because they are, the, the responses are immediate. Should, uh, people just jump on them. You should be able to get some kind of label, like, on your tweet if you're the first one to get the re- the first response in and if you're hit, to the president. If you're hitting reply to Donald Trump, are you really hoping he's going to read it? You know, maybe he is. You know, you, are you really like, like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reply to Donald Trump, he's going to see my tweet, and that's really going to make him think. Yeah. <laughs> it's become a sport at this point in time. We've been continuing uh, off air the conversation on uh, on North Korea in the wake of their uh, their vowing essentially to attack us and Kind of running through what that what that means. Like I laid out a scenario a moment ago, and we'll get to some more local news. But uh, you know, we just sanctioned Russia. So if Russia were to vow in the wake of those sanctions 
to attack America. You know, do we take that threat serious or do we are we not taking this threat serious? I mean, it's I know there's different degrees of. Yeah, I mean, you have to treat every player sort of, you know, in their own circumstances. And with Russia, there's no there's no incentive. There's no genuine incentive for any sort of military conflict between the United States and Russia at all, ever. Uh, you know, there's too much. There's too much uh, trade. There's too much commerce. There's too much, uh, uh, too negative an economic impact to be considered that would be, you know, wiped out if there were actually sure. a military conflict. You don't have that with North Korea. In North Korea, you've got this sort of isolated country with li- really nothing to lose and. You know, an unstable, irrational dictator. Well, and that's going to be the difficulty, obviously, if we do at some point take, uh, you know, military action, a preemptive strike. You know, how well is the Trump administration going to do in articulating why we needed to to do that and why we had to to justify that? Kim, you know, Kim Jong Un coming out and vowing to attack us certainly helps to close that gap in in some of the public's mind. And I'm curious, uh, you know, and, and maybe I'd like to hear from from people that are opposed to Trump, uh, you know, people that are, you know, didn't vote for him, that that do, do not do not care for him and do not want him as president. You know, how what can what can the Trump administration do in regards to mitigating the legitimate threat of North Korea that you would be on board with? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like at what at what point do you set aside your opposition to trump the domestic politician and say well you know i gotta at least get behind his efforts to protect american lives from north korea i'm very much of the opinion at right at the moment that we don't do anything militarily unless they did something first i that's that's and that's just based off of what we've talked about so far but the real question is would they I mean, I think right now we don't really take it seriously, but we keep it seems like every single week we get closer and closer to that being more of a reality than the week than the week prior. We'll talk to Andrew Langer just after the top of the hour and get his thoughts on this as well. Six, five, one, nine, eight, nine, five, eight, five, five. In the meantime, we uh, we do have a, a challenger to Senator Klobuchar. Been a lot of speculation, and nobody, you know, there's eight thousand people running for governor, <laughs> but as you know, nobody's uh, raised their hand to run against Klobuchar. Well, State Representative Jim Newberger believes he is the Republican who can succeed where others have failed. From the Pioneer Press, Newberger announced on Saturday that he would run to uh, to take down Democratic U.S. Senator Amy Klobuchar. The three-term House member from Becker said, after nearly a decade of ignoring millions of Minnesotans, it's time to bring some balance to the United States Senate. I will be your voice in the U.S. Senate. In his announcement, he mentioned repealing uh, the Affordable Care Act, reforming the country's refugee program, simplifying the tax code, and bringing down the national debt as goals. Look, those are all obviously worthy things, but unfortunately, those are all things that the GOP has been incapable of dealing with so far. So I, I see that and I go... Well, that, that's great, but but he's you know he he's running for the right office because absolutely where, where those efforts have failed have been in the Senate. Yeah, Newberger does not start the race with the name recognition or the national fundraising prowess of which Klobuchar can boast, but he told the Pioneer Press that uh, he's got 15 months between now and Election Day will help him to make up that gap. You surprised? A lot of work. No, no, no. 
I mean, I'm you know somebody was going to obviously step up and run. I, I if you'd asked me you know two months ago to list off uh, some names of, of potential candidates, I don't know that Newberger would have been on there. Uh, but somebody's got to got to do it. That is a really really tough battle though. Klobuchar is formidable. Uh, she's got uh, a massive uh, massive war chest of, of money. She's got name recognition. Minnesotans seem to like her for whatever reason. Uh, but she's going to run for the presidency, so it doesn't really. I mean, doesn't really matter, right? She's going to run in twenty twenty, <laughs> right? Isn't that- or she's going to be on the Supreme Court, <laughs> or a vice presidential candidate. Who you know? <laughs> whatever whatever possibilities out there, her name will be floated for. Uh, Minneapolis City Council out of the Associated Press voted to restrict the sale of menthol cigarettes in the city to tobacco shops and off-sale liquor stores just on Friday. They did this here. Anti-business, big government, nanny state bullies that are the Minneapolis City Council. I knew it was going to happen. I just was hoping that it wouldn't. The new regulations on menthol, mint, and wintergreen tobacco products will take effect in August of 2018. So stock up. You You got a year. Right. The city says the restrictions will cut the product's availability from 318 outlets to 23 tobacco oh. shops and 24 liquor stores and also anywhere as soon as you get out of Minneapolis city limits. Are these fools? I just, I mean, I know we've talked about this a lot, but boy, I just you just see it happen and you just shake your head. I'm hoping... I mentioned this before. I'm hoping the industry uh, responds by creating um, other enticing flavors that aren't included on, those on, on, on this list. Maybe we can rename. Can we? Can we? Can we? Re, can we rename menthol? <laughs> can we call it something? Can we repackage and rename it something else to get to get around it? Just I know they will, but just to stick it to them. I know it's unreasonable, but. The city says the changes aren't are not uh, meant or are meant to prevent nicotine addiction, tobacco use by youth, and harms of using tobacco. Council member, I'm sorry, council member Cam Gordon said officials believe that making it harder to get menthol tobacco will prevent some people from getting addicted. Well, that's good that you believe that. That's that's great. It's good. It's good. You, that's great that you believe that. Yeah, because it's not true. <laughs> You could still buy regular tobacco products. Right. Uh, those are just as addicting. Yeah. Uh, you can still get menthols in liquor stores and tobacco shops and convenience stores outside of Minneapolis. You're, you're not you're not preventing a single person who makes the choice to start using tobacco from getting addicted. You've just made the, uh, the menthol, mint, and wintergreen tobacco products more enticing in the eyes of children who are wanting to know, well, why is this legal substance for adults, you know, banned in these stores? It must be extra special. Cam Gordon has encouraged me to go out and try. How many kids now are going to get hooked on nicotine that wouldn't have gotten hooked if it hadn't been for their ridiculous ban? All right, moving forward. In the first uh, six months of 2017, Best Buy spent 1.71 million lobbying, twice as much as the entire year in 2016. Target Corps, um, they spent 1.48 million lobbying from January to June of 2017, only slightly less than it spent all of last year. And this was all against the border adjustment uh, tax that would have required American importers to pay taxes on the sales of their foreign made inventory, but would not allow them to deduct the cost of that inventory. And there's a story out of the Star Tribune this morning laying out the lobbying efforts and how it actually it actually worked. 
Yeah, David French is the vice president of government relations for the National Retail Federation. And he says, in a memorable ba- bout of political muscle flexing, the nation's retail industry took a $5 trillion tax hike and defeated it with just a few million dollars worth of advocacy ex- uh, expenditures. You know, and, and look, I'm glad they got rid of the, the border adjustment tax. The increase, they said, uh, the American companies would uh, pay the government on imports up to 20%. This was going to have a detrimental impact beca- on Target, and especially Best Buy. Both companies face potentially ruinous hits to their bottom lines. Look, if you want more stuff in America, then we need to make it more enticing to create the products in America. That's a longer, slower process, but it's a better solution than trying to force these companies by trying to tax them for these products that they're bringing in from overseas. Right. And and you do that by getting rid of all the mandates that are put on American businesses uh, to do, such as the Affordable Care Act and, and having to provide health insurance for every employee and things like that. You want to make it uh, easier for companies to build their products over here, then you need to get more competitive with your labor laws. And people don't like that people don't want to think about that but that's really what it's going to take andrew langer the president of the institute for liberty host of the langer cast he's going to uh, join us next we're going to talk a little bit he's in the region so we'll talk a little bit about maryland and how illegals might be able to vote there soon also baltimore had a nobody kill anybody weekend unfortunately two people died and we'll get his thoughts on the uh, latest threats from north korea all coming up on justice and drew step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.